<laughs> Welcome to MQOA Sunday. Coming to um, wow, this is I make fun of him when he does it, and it's don't <laughs> promise me you won't release this video to him because I'll never hear the end of it. Okay. Welcome to MQOA Sunday from Mary Queen of the Apostles Parish in Salem, Massachusetts. Join us at our kitchen table for a conversation about this Sunday's Gospel. The Gospel Good. of John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Charlie, welcome to MQOA Sunday. We're we're actually this is we we lied right. We're not at a kitchen table. That's right. We're lying right out of the gate this week. That's terrible. But you know it's 2022 and kitchen tables are relative. And I'm really excited to have you as a guest. Um, our usual host Stephen is on vacation, so finally you get to speak, Charlie. Yes, it's it's been a while. <laughs> it has. It's, it's it been has. A while I've done MQOA Sunday, so it's good to to be back officially. Yeah, last time you were here with us or there with us, you were in a disembodied head, a disembodied voice coming from the background. <laughs> That's right. And now you're you are you finally have a voice I'm, in this I'm, conversation. Yes, I'm fully present. Right, fully embodied, and we're <laughs> excited that you're here. Listener, this is our conversation around the Sunday Gospel. This week, we're coming up on the second Sunday in Ordinary Time. That's, as Charlie said, uh, from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, 1 to 11. And we're going to read through it. We're going to have some conversation. But first, Charlie, we always start with an icebreaker. So today's icebreaker question is, uh, tell us the last wedding you went to and your favorite thing to drink with dinner. The last wedding I went to um, was this, this past summer it, uh, in June. I went to my friends um, Miguel and and Sophia's wedding uh, in uh, back in North Carolina. Last summer? Yes. During COVID, how did that work? Were you all at <laughs> ten foot intervals from each other? Um, not quite, but we did wear uh, masks the whole time mm -hmm. uh, during the ceremony and during the reception. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, well, even weddings are weird with COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun and interesting. And the masks were aggravating, but you know, they mm. were, they were important to have at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell me this. What is your favorite thing to drink with dinner? I want to say, Besides a glass of water, I would say wine. Okay. Well, you know, water is an acceptable answer if that is your truth, Charlie. I don't want you to feel like you can do this wrong. You can, that can be your thing. Okay. Well, a glass of water it is. <laughs> With a slice there's no of lemon. pressure. Oh, okay. See, see, there's a little fanciness. I gotcha. All right. Well, the last wedding I went to was, um, well, I'll tell you about the last, <laughs> like I said, weddings are weird now, COVID. Mm -hmm. And last Easter, we 
um, baptized a guy into an adult into the church who before he got baptized, we actually blessed his marriage. We married him to his wife. And so um, it was, it was Holy week. It was Holy Saturday, I think. And we snuck him and his wife into the church and we blessed their marriage. So married them and then baptized and confirmed and gave him first communion all in like half an hour. And it was at, maybe it was two years ago now, it was at the height of shutdown. So it was like clandestine wedding. Uh-huh. And uh, on that day, I was a maid of honor and a godparent and confirmation sponsor all for that one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that one ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> And it was very romantic, even though it was so weird and they were already married. It was just so lovely. So it's very cool to be oh part gosh. of that. Yeah. 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 No, what a, what a privilege. It was cool. It was yeah. very cool. Crazy time. And, you know, the thing I like to drink most with dinner is I, I don't know how this happened, but I'm totally into Fresca. I Fresca? We drink. Yeah. The, Do you know Fresca? No, is that, is that a soda? Yeah, it's grapefruit soda, but it's sugar-free. But here's so, the thing. So it's, it's <laughs> seltzer, maybe? No, it's like, oh, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it, except here's what happened. We started drinking, in the middle of shutdown, Palomas, which are Fresca, lime juice, tequila. Oh. And, that, and then I just, and then Fresca was impossible to get. Uh-huh. And I, we were like panic buying Fresca wherever we could find it. We had people looking for Fresca for us because we needed our Palomas. And then now, now I mostly drink it straight, but <laughs> I can't <laughs> kick my Fresca habit. It's another weird thing. Oh my goodness. But I'm not ashamed. I love my Fresca and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> if that's your thing, then, then you go for it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. Okay, so here's how MQOA Sunday works. This is actually using our beta uh, lesson plan, which we put Mm -hmm. out every week in the parish. And um, all it is is just we we read the gospel once, we have a little moment of silence to kind of chew on it, let it sink in. And then we read it again, and sometimes in two different voices. So Charlie, you're going to read, and I'm going to read. And then we just have a conversation about it. Now, I know you have a brand new theological degree but (laughs) (laughs) we we, please don't remind me (laughs) yeah (laughs) congratulations by the way and um but with you're not this is not a defense of your thesis here you don't have to prove any theological knowledge this is really just a conversation around what come up comes up for us Mm -hmm. what god wants us to hear and, and what we can kind of discover in this story which is one of the bible's greatest hits so this will be familiar to anyone who hears it one of the bible's uh greatest hits i like that yeah (laughs) a reading from the gospel of john on the third day there was a wedding in cana in galilee and the mother of jesus was there jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding when the wine ran short the mother of jesus said to him They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. 
Now there were six stone jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves good wine first. And then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Growing up. Yeah, it's a classic. It is. What, um, is there anything that kind of stands out to you this time around that maybe uh, is different? Uh, something catching your attention this time? Um, the first thing that struck me was um, where he says, my hour has not yet come. Mm. Um, that, I, I guess I, I never re remembered him saying that before oh really yeah I, so cool. although <laughs> the thing i do always remember is when he says woman mm, I yeah i know that, that, that and, always kind of stands out to me too yeah i've always <laughs> remembered that um i think since the first time i heard it because it always struck yeah. me as, as kind of rude i was like rude exactly like, <laughs> you're, as you're talking <laughs> to your mom mary like that i mean yeah wow yeah. Um, so, I love that, mo that moment where he says, uh, where she, where he says, woman, what does this have to do with me? Yeah. And she says to the servers, do what he tells you. I feel like there, there's a serious eye roll there, right? I feel like Mary is like, you know what? Just do what he tells you. You know, like I can almost hear her rolling her eyes in that moment. And I love that. <laughs> Right. I can totally see her rolling her eyes. Right. Like he's basically like mom, mother. <laughs> right. I just love that. And it's like, what? Is, um, he, is he really like 33 in this story? <laughs> I mean, I know some 33 year olds that still talk to their mother that way. I must say I'm not naming any names, <laughs> Right. but maybe I don't have to, but uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. You'd think he would have gotten him himself together by now what do you think it tells us about their relationship and, well it, it tells me that they you know, they talk to each other they discuss things and yeah. then, you know when something comes up whether it's at home or um outside of of their home yeah they, they're gonna consult each other mm. yeah yeah they know each other well right yeah like she knows what he can do. That's right. He yes. knows how far he can push her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And of course, maybe we maybe we're overemphasizing this whole woman thing, right? It's um maybe the language is too quirky, the translation is sloppy or something. Possibly. But it does kind of catch your attention, right? 
Yeah. I do have a note about this word. <laughs> I'm using the word woman. And let me see what my source is for this. Oh, okay. So this is from a, a website called Bible Ref. And he says, or she, they say, in modern English, Jesus's response to his mother comes across as blunt, even rude. So correct, mm -hmm. we are. This is a quirk of translating from one language to another. In the original Greek, mm -hmm. his reply was very formal and polite. The term mm -hmm. woman could also be thought of as like madame. <laughs> such as in later in John, he uses it a couple more times. And the phrase used is a common Greek expression um, used to imply two things that are not related. So a more modern phrasing of this would be like, madam, what does this have to do with me? Still kind of rude, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then there's maybe, like a, a, some tension still there. Yeah, but madam, I think that it changes it um, significantly. I I think. How? Well, how does what? How does it change it? And so versus saying woman, what woman is like just plain rude. But then madam, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's a I guess there's a level of respect there. Mm -hmm. and, like. But like still, like it, with all due respect, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't see how this is yeah. my problem. Yes, like, there's there's respect there, but still like a level of snarkiness. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Maybe that's maybe I'm reading too much into that because I you know speak snark, you know. Yeah. But what about that piece about my hour has not come? What do you think he means by that? My hour has not come. I immediately think of his his death and resurrection his passion okay. yeah so you and think maybe he's referencing that do you think he's saying like this isn't part of my story like i know something's gonna happen eventually but not mm -hmm. yet or or what but then right and so it makes me think did jesus already know what was going to happen or was it something that was slowly revealed to him? Or did he still yeah. realize this about himself? But here it sounds like there's there's something that he knows. Yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah. That's, I think, a mil one of the million dollar questions. What did Jesus know and, and when did he know it about himself, right? Right. Do you have kind of a, in general, thought about that like do you think jesus knew from the beginning or from a certain point of his life or what do you think his knowledge is, was of his own sort of destiny oh this is tough yeah yeah that's why it's a million dollars <laughs> you know you, you're you <laughs> you won't um get this i don't think you'll get this right or wrong so it's just an opinion question right well you know if if we profess that he is uh, fully human, hmm. in addition to being fully divine, then you know uh, uh, we humans we we can't tell the future, right? And and so that makes me want to say that uh, if if he knew the future, if he could foretell the future, then that's an, then, then that's saying that he wasn't a hundred percent 
human. Oh man, this is a tough teaching, right? hundred yeah. percent human and hundred percent divine. That's that's two hundred percent. That's not even good math, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and and it's and it is impossible to understand. I it's think. kind of mind-boggling. Like I'm totally. I'm mind-boggled totally. right now. Just <laughs> I can thinking see about it. it. I can just see try, it. Just trying to make All right, sense take of a it. breath. Take a breath. Everything's okay. <laughs> um, I kind of. I, this is a question that I was asked in college as an undergrad, you know, a theology major. Mm-hmm. And my, my answer back then was different than it is now, for sure. Like I do, I think now that maybe Jesus knew about his calling um, in a way that I knew about my calling, like I knew in high school that God was calling me to something, mm-hmm. right? And I felt like I knew what it was. I was, I was half right, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I thought God was calling me to be a youth minister forever. And I was, I think now in retrospect called to youth ministry, but not forever. Mm-hmm. And, but I knew, I mean, there was, I, I understood that God had gifted me and was calling me to something. And I wonder if that's maybe Jesus, Jesus's experience too. Like maybe, yeah, you know, maybe he's like, I know God's calling me. Maybe I, you know, I know something big is going to happen. Like you were saying, right. but I don't really know what that is yet. And you can't ask me to deal with this wine situation. I don't even know what I'm doing yet. You know, I know, I, I know there's something, but I'm yeah, just not, that, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That, that makes sense total sense to me and i think we all have this in- intuition this sense mm. that we're called to do something yeah you know, uh, you know it's called to do something specific to to our our lives right that makes sense it's just one girl's opinion there's no uh <laughs> there's no real uh there's no where to look to find out like where right, oh because it's, it's then here. you'd have you know a, a million dollars right now that's right and i i sure don't it's a good point uh, i want to read you one of the a little quote i have from in the lesson this is from a, a little little known scholar named pope francis <laughs> and he said you may have heard of him <clears throat> and he says the words mary addresses to the servants Come to crown the wedding of Cana. Do whatever he tells you. It is curious. These are her last words recounted by the Gospels. They are the legacy that she hands down to us. Today, too, Our Lady says to us all, whatever he tells you, whatever Jesus tells you, do it. I love that. And I also love in the other quote on this lesson, it says, Mary... um, even oh, it says at the end of the gospel, it says the the disciples started to believe in him because of this sign. Mm-hmm. But Mary already did, like Mary already knew right what he could do, which I, I hadn't thought of that really. Yeah, I mean, we we don't totally know that she's saying like, hey, they have no wine, whip up a miracle, right? Like right. maybe she's saying run to the store or something like run to our house we have some like do something it's just sort of an interesting yeah 
Okay, and the thing that kind of it kind of reflects how you know our our, our parents tend to know us best. And, mm, damn it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we're, we're as kids, as as children, our, our parents tend to know us best. And she she I think she also sensed that yeah. Yeah. He was called to do something great. Yeah. And I I don't think she didn't I, you know it's quite possible she didn't expect him to change the water into wine but right that he could have that she knew that he was capable of of doing something right yeah. right that's so cool isn't it i yeah. i don't know there's something like so human about this story that really yeah. makes me appreciate the two of them in a different way mm-hmm. you know you could you can read the story as super like you know holy she she says, Jesus, do a miracle. And he says, okay. And he does this miracle, but there's a little <laughs> more grit to it when you yeah. look at it. Uh, now, tell me what you think about this. This is the first miracle, right? It's his first sort of public miracle that we know about. Right. Is this even a good miracle? I, I think it's a great <laughs> miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one is cured. Like no one, it's not even water. Like what people need to live. Right. No, you're right. <laughs> like what is the, why do you think this is a good, what's the value of this miracle for you? Um, well, you have a point. Uh, water is necessary for, for life. But wine, on the other hand, is, is necessary for celebration. Uh. <laughs> yeah right for having a good time for um you know socializing um for creating community Mm. um for i just i i I think of the word passion it's not just yeah for having a good time but there's a whole labor of love that goes into making wine and into winemaking yeah that is absent from water right there's there's a transformation that happens yeah yeah keep going think tell me more what are you thinking about as far as like why that makes us a good miracle there's so many layers to this yeah right It, it makes it a good miracle because i think one it's kind of foretelling um the transformation that will happen later in the gospel. Ooh, that's his, cool. His transformation. Okay. Um, but it, I think it also reflects the transformation that we all undergo when we uh, discover or rediscover Christ in our lives. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's, but then it's it's this element um, that comes from the earth, right? That is it transforms everyone in, in the room, right? It, 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 I mean, literally it can, certainly can. And, and figuratively. I've seen that happen. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think it just, there's layer upon layer of meaning. And while it's, it's a miracle that's not like um, all the other miracles. I mean, no one's healed, like you said. Yeah. Um, but there's a transformation 
that mm. takes place that can lead to healing. Yeah. And lead to many other types of miracles, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I've never really, I've never thought of it that way, Charlie. I love that. I, I've always felt like this was kind of a dumb miracle because of that. <laughs> like, like you are God, right? And yeah. you are, you know, omnipotent. And so let's go, let's, let's show this to people. Let's reveal yourself right. to the world. What are you going to do? Like, you're going to maybe cure hunger or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to make it a doozy. And this is like nice, you know, but I don't, it, you know, it's not necessarily the way I would go, but I'm not Jesus. I am not God. And I love the idea that it is like literally a sign, you know, it's a miracle, but it, it is a sign, which is the word that John uses that points to something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do kind of love that Jesus thinks celebrating is miracle worthy, you know? Yeah. I think that says a lot about who God is to me. Like, this is a God who loves joy, who loves community, who loves, right. you know, eating and drinking together and celebrating and committing to each other. Like, this is a God who's, who finds this whole social scene worthy of amazingness. Yeah. And oh, I, I, love I that. like that God. Yeah, right? Huh. I mean, um, I getting do. together and... and and breaking bread and sharing drink um, with one another, I think is one of, the, one of the most human things you can do. Yeah, literally how Jesus told us to remember him, right? Eat and drink together. Right. Oh, I have goosebumps, that's very cool. Yeah. I wanna read you one more quote um, from the lesson that I thought was pretty cool too. This is this, that same uh, little known theologian Pope Francis. He says, water is necessary for life, but wine expresses the abundance of a banquet and the joy of a feast. This wedding feast was short of wine. The newlyweds are ashamed of this. But just imagine ending a wedding feast drinking tea. It would be a shame. <laughs> Thank you, Pope Francis. Wine is necessary for a feast. By transforming into wine the water of the jars used, quote, for the Jewish rites of purification, end quote, Jesus preforms an eloquent sign. He transforms the law of Moses into the gospel, bearer of joy. As John states elsewhere, the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Wow. Right? That's even deeper that is. layers. Oh my goodness. I know. That I didn't see is, that at that's all. Amazing. I love that. I do too. I yeah, do too and so much. That was one of the other things that, that initially struck me, uh, the jars. Yeah. And I was like, what jar why jars? Why why are they why, why are they even there? Right. And and so right so this is I, I think that's interesting too right first of all there's a picture of of jars that are similar 
to the jars they're talking about on the beta lesson, which you can get on our website, mqoa.org slash beta. Yeah, and, and so I've seen um, a similar image. And so when, those I, when are big. I was reading it, this the, the image of these gigantic uh, jars appeared in my, in, in my mind. And so I'm thinking how, wouldn't it be just easier to have pictures? But no, these are huge jars. Yeah. And these are right. These are what they wash their hands in. That's, oh, these are the rituals of purification that they're doing. Right. Right. Hmm. And so again, it's, I, uh, it's, that allusion and, and to the Old Testament, but also, but then connecting it to, um, yeah, you know, the, the connecting new it, life. but not leaving it, like transforming it, which of, of is the, the New Testament. Yeah, transforming. So like it. Jesus, right? Right. Just like him. Yeah. You know what stuck out to me, honestly, just as we were were reading this today, because get obviously I wrote this lesson, so I've been reading it a couple of times. So far, but not until today did I notice that Jesus doesn't even take credit for this. Like the head waiter goes to the bridegroom and says, what a great job you've done with this wine. <laughs> and it's not even like, they don't even know what happened. Right? I mean, they're obviously the oh, bridegroom is you like, know, I didn't actually, even realize that. Yeah, me neither. You're right. He doesn't get credit so for it. Fascinating. I mean, obviously the disciples knew about it. His mom, obviously. Yeah. And the bridegroom probably was like, I didn't do that, but thank you. <laughs> well, that was, that's so humble of him. Uh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's so interesting. I don't know if there's any deep meaning to it, but I think it's very cool. Yeah. I mean, and if he did, you know, you know, kind of, it would seem as if he were bragging, right? And <laughs> right. Well, we already know he's a little rude at this age, so it wouldn't be that um, unbelievable that he would be like, "My mom made me." <laughs> but I, yeah, I had not noticed that. I. This is what I love about Beta and about MQOA Sunday is that you can take a story like this that you have heard a bazillion times. And if you just stop for a minute and look a little bit closer, these like things appear, right? It's almost yeah. kind of magical how new insights come and new, well, it's really God revealing God's self to us in the text. And even though you have this shiny new theological degree, <laughs> there are still always things coming to you from the text that are fresh and new insights. Mm -hmm. That's that's so cool. Oh my gosh! And I'm just like noticing the fact that um, you know this whole, whole wedding of Cana. I guess it, you could also tie it to um, the church as in Christ's um, bride, right? That, oh. that whole um metaphor as well and maybe talk that, about that what do you know about that um what i know um i, I don't know if i can say much 
but um, you know, there's there are many scholars out there who talk about how you know who use that metaphor, the church as Christ's bride and mm -hmm. Christ being the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's another foretelling that is going on here. I don't know. Okay. Is, is bride of Christ like an image that you, that is important in your faith? I think I prefer the church as sacrament, that image. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I just, for whatever reason that, that, uh, that metaphor came to my head. Yeah. I, speaking as a, as a bride, <laughs> not that that matters, but it's not, it's not an image that has meant a ton to me over the years. Like I haven't been like, Ooh, the church and I we're like, we're brides. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> There's lots of other imagery that works better for me, but I am, I'm would not be surprised if it was an important image to John's audience, right? Mm -hmm. To the people who were who were given this gospel, you know, and that he's really kind of teaching that concept in the story. He's actually the only one who tells us a story. It's not in any of the other gospels, which I didn't realize again until this week. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I didn't realize that until um, this week as well. Yeah, I wonder why that is. I tell, okay, let's shift a little bit too, because I have one more question I really want to ask you, which is, are miracles a deal for you? Are miracles part of your faith story or your, the way you live your faith? Do miracles hold importance for you? That's a good question. I think it depends on how one defines miracle, that defines a miracle. Charlie, you are the one here we're asking. <laughs> this is not a no. test. <laughs> In terms of like, you know, an obvious miracle, someone being able to like levitate or, you know, or, you know, someone being healed from a terminal illness or something. Mm -hmm. um, they, I want to say miracles don't really play a, a big role in my life. <laughs> it's okay. You're safe here, Charlie. <laughs> I, okay. I guess I have, I've yet to experience a, such a miracle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if we're talking about, you know, you know, small miracles of everyday life, mm -hmm. um, then I, I would, then those do play a significant role in my life. Yeah. You know, me too. I, it's funny because we both work for this parish that is known for healings, like, you know, really um, God intervening on people's lives and, and healing them in illness and changing their hearts. And, and yeah, I've definitely seen like what I consider to be miraculous, like changes of heart in people. Mm -hmm. or miraculous acts of service or changes of life. You know, I've seen things that, that seem miraculous to me and those are really important to me, but I'm, 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 I'm cynical. I land on the cynical side as far as things like apparitions or um, yeah, Mary showing up on a piece of toast or <laughs> 
things changing color or whatever, you know, those sorts yeah. of things that a lot of people call miracles. I don't, it, it, I, str- it, I struggle to find worth in them mm-hmm. for me. I, but I do know that for a lot of people, miracles really spark something for them or confirm something for them, you know? Um, I have a note in the beta lesson on verse, uh, it's verse 11, where he says, Jesus did this at the beginning of his signs in Cana and in Galilee. And this, this scholar says, John uses the term sign to refer to Jesus's miracles, because for John, the significance of the miracle does not rest solely in the act of the miracle itself, but in that to which the miracle points. That is, the deed reveals the doer and points to the significance of the deed as an act of salvation and God's abundance. So if if a sign, I love this, if a sign draws attention to just itself, it has not fulfilled its purpose. A sign points to something else. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, tell me what you think. What is that? Well, it reminds me of um, an episode in in Alpha, one of the Alpha episodes that I saw. I think yeah. towards the end, and I think it, I think it's actually the one on healing. And um, Nikki is talking about, you know, why do some people? Why, why are some people healed, and other people not healed? And mm. I think, and he talks about how well today's world we're just we, we might see um, or get foretastes of the coming kingdom. Mm, okay. It's kind of like, uh, I think he uses the metaphor of, of the changing of the seasons, how, um, you know, we, we don't automatically go from like winter to spring or spring to summer, that there's a, a transition that happens and and we get, I guess, a foretaste of the, the coming season. Yeah. You, we might experience like a, like a warm streak during the spring, or, or mm. like a better examples during the, the winter, um, like a few days of warmth, but then we go back to the cold winter, but then those days of warmth kind of increase until, and, and then you have, you know, buds that show up on mm-hmm. trees. And, you know, there's these signs of life that yeah. start to pop up everywhere. And it's, yeah. And so I guess you, that's in that same way, you can talk about the kingdom. Okay. The kingdom of God. And so. That, that you're, so you're saying that miracles are like a glimpse of the e- eternity or of salvation. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. And, but but when you, um, when you talk about miracles as signs, mm. it, it's clear in my mind that that they serve a purpose, mm-hmm. and that they they're not an end in themselves, but they're pointing yeah. to something else. Yeah. So oh, that, that's that, making. Yeah. That, making my brain that's fascinating tingle. to me. <laughs> <laughs> me, too. me too it's making me think i have to take another look at how i'm thinking about miracles right 
like like I think I was deciding the worth of miracles and maybe this gives me a metric that's different like this miracle is worthy if it's pointing to something else or if it makes it possible for someone to go to a new place in their faith right like it doesn't have to be important that someone sees something on a piece of toast unless um unless because of that sight they open their heart to god right right that's when we know it's worthwhile right and this miracle, we, I started out by asking you if this was a dumb miracle, which maybe says something about <laughs> myself. But if, like John says, if because of this sign, this silly sign, um, the faith of the disciples was born, then okay, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I'm going to be thinking about this. Yeah, that's profound. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh what my gosh, no, you just that? like completely transformed the way I think about miracles. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> well, that's me too, actually. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is really cool. <laughs> we did this journey together. I feel like that's good. Amen. Um. Any last thoughts about this reading you think we should cover before we finish up? I think that's, I think we've covered. We've covered a lot. A lot, yeah. We went deeper than I even expected to go, which is cool. Yeah. Well, then before we go, I want to take a minute just to invite our listeners that, to, to do this with us, right? Like we have, like you mentioned, Alpha. Alpha is just a, a series of conversations around like the core concepts of theology, much more basic than this even. And mm-hmm. like the very like basics of who is God, who is Jesus, what's the Holy Spirit, why would I pray? What's the deal with the Bible that we present over 10 or 11 weeks on Zoom? We're starting on Zoom actually this week. By the time our listeners hear this, it may already be passed. I don't know when you're putting this out, but but Alpha starts Thursday night, January 13th, seven o'clock. And anyone is welcome to come and see if it's something that might be interesting to them from Salem or from wherever they're at, they can jump in Thursday night at seven and they can find out more on our website, which is mqoa.org slash alpha. So I hope this is, I hope people are as, as excited about this conversation as I am, because this was really, I love this stuff, man. I love this stuff. Yeah. No, this is great. It was great to have this with you. Thank you for bravely taking this on today. Yeah. No, I, I, well, I have to say I was a little bit nervous because it's been a while since I've done one of these things and, but I'm so glad I did. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, let's do it again next week. Yeah, let's do it. Before we go, here's Father Murray's Father Murray's message on this gospel this week.
morning and welcome as we gather for the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. Uh, this, this week we uh, reflect on the great miracle, the first miracle of Jesus in the Gospel of John, the wedding at uh, Cana in Galilee. He's there with his mother. Obviously, they were family friends of the couple and encountered them in a very difficult situation. And so this first public uh, miracle that Jesus performs is to change the water into wine. And it saves this couple from great embarrassment, perhaps humiliation. In the time of Jesus, it was, uh, it was regular to have a, a two, sometimes three day wedding reception with the couple. And so you had to feed and to provide wine for the uh, guests all that time. And so to run out of wine would have been a, a, a real embarrassment. Jesus, I think, in, aside from the other miracles he performs, the miracles of healing and feeding and teaching, uh, also uh, performs this wonderful miracle, changing water into wine. And it's an opportunity for us to remember that. That's how it works for us, too. The, the wine still has its liquid uh, quality, but now it's changed from the inside out. And that's the truth for us also in our baptism and through the power of the Holy Spirit and the sacraments and reflecting upon the Word and our continuous understanding of who Jesus Christ is in our lives, we too become uh, changed from the inside out. Our essence changes. And we're still ourselves. We still have our bodies and our, uh, and our uh, hearts and our souls and uh, all of our talents and abilities. But now, imbued with the Spirit of God, they change, become something wonderful and even more beautiful uh, than what God, what, God, what God has given us from the very beginning. This Sunday, we might ask ourselves about how we might also bring this wine, the wine of change, to other people, whether, they, whether we visit them in the hospital or whether we visit the homebound or perhaps visit a, a wake and bring uh, the loving presence of God through our, uh, through our words of consolation or whether we bring food to the hungry or clothing to the naked. And that way we also change their water into wine, their situation also, and somehow improve it by being present with the love of God. And that way we, all of us, uh, bring uh, the miracle of changing the water into wine in Galilee out into the whole world, which we're called to do. God bless you this weekend. Listener, thank you so much for tuning in. Charlie, thanks for tuning in from where you are. Everyone, it's still COVID times. Please stay safe. Yes. Go ahead. Do all the things that you have to do to take care of your neighbor and your family. And uh, join us again next week here on MQOA Sunday. Right. Cuídense. Thanks, Charlie. Y no se les olviden poner sus mascarillas. Y hasta sí. la próxima. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Charlie. All right. My pleasure. All right. Okay. See you next week. All right. Bye. MQA Sunday is brought to you by Mary Queen the Apostles Parish, located in the historic city of Salem, Massachusetts. Your hosts are Margo Morin, pastor associate, and Stephen Antonio, the director of family engagement. The show is recorded in Salem, Massachusetts, and edited by the staff of MQOA. The beta lesson is written by Margo Morin. Find out more about Mary Queen the Apostles Parish on our website, mqoa.org.